It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer John McClain. From Sports Radio 610, right now on Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And you heard right there, John McClain, the Hall of Famer, the general, joins us now from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And, John, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. You know we always appreciate you. And I wanted to ask you about running backs. We saw Dalvin Cook sign with the Jets. That was probably the worst-kept secret in the National Football League. And then Zeke Elliott goes to the Patriots. Now the jobs are starting to be filled by these running backs. Do you think that that puts a little bit of a sense of urgency under a guy like Josh Jacobs to, to sign his franchise tag and get with the team? First of all, Q, I'd like to congratulate you on your additional gig uh, with ESPN. You've been doing a great job there anyway. I'm glad that they recognized it. And uh, congratulations. And Thank you. If, if I'm Josh Jacobs and I see the money, that they had to sign for only seven million for Cook. Even though you can tell when an agent releases something, it's always up to, not the exact deal. So yesterday, all the national media was up to, which told me came from the agent. And then uh, I thought Cook might end up in Miami, where he was from. Dolphins could use him, but uh, if I'm Josh Jacobs and I see what he and Zeke Elliott got not up to the, what it is right now. I'm going to sign that tender because Jacobs needs to be in there for at least two weeks to get his legs. Running backs tell you, you can't just come in when you start getting paid and expect to jump in and play the way you would if you'd been there the whole time. No matter how well how much he works out and how great he feels on his own, even if he's got football gurus helping him. It's not the same as being there doing football drills with your teammates and your opponents. So I would hope he would come in because if he does it at the last minute, this happens a lot. Guys will work out on their own. And, boy, they can run in the heat. They can run all day. They can climb. They can drop down and jump back up. But, boy, you get out there and you pull hamstring growing. You start pulling those soft tissue muscles, and it screws up your whole season. Yeah, it does. It really does. And so I'm hoping that he gets uh, to camp sooner rather than later. And I think that that may give him a little bit of sense of urgency seeing Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott sign with the Jets and also the New England Patriots. So I wanted to ask you, the, uh, the addition of Dalvin Cook, let's start with the Jets. They're probably the most hyped team going into this upcoming year as we see them on hard knocks. What do you think that that addition of Dalvin Cook does for the Jets? First of all, if Minnesota had really wanted to keep Cook, they could have kept him. Mm-hmm. They could redo contracts. You can always keep a player. Just like when they traded Russell Wilson to Denver, everybody thought they were nuts. Pete Carroll and general manager John Schneider, not stupid, and it wasn't a money issue. It was one of the greatest trades in history. And then they see things that the rest of us don't see in Geno Smith. Geno has his best season. Now he's got a new contract. So they look like geniuses. And the Vikings are not stupid. You know, obviously they think Cook is not the same player. And But he's great insurance for the Jets because they're really good rookie. Brees Hall last year mm-hmm. blew out his knee. Now, he's been removed from physically unable to perform. He might be the same. 
He might not be the same. Odds are he's not going to be the same for a while, whether it's subconsciously or not. So I think getting Cook to go with Carter and Hall gives them unprecedented depth in the NFL, and I still don't know why the Dolphins didn't work out a similar deal. What about Zeke Elliott in New England? I know he's not the same guy that he was years ago. What do you think he brings to the table? One of the things that I kind of thought about, Q, was maybe he would re-sign with the Cowboys. Cowboys get Tony Pollard, Zeke's back up, who became a better running back, coming off major knee surgery. Yeah, everybody loves Deuce Vaughn, and Deuce Vaughn's fun to watch. But they want to run the ball a lot, and they don't seem to have the players to do it. Certainly not like the Jets and some other teams. So I thought maybe Zeke would re-sign when reality hit. But we've known throughout time that a player is not going to take a big pay cut from the team that he bled for. He may take that pay cut from another team like Zeke's done, but he wasn't going to do the same deal with the Cowboys. You know, Ramondre Stevenson is their starter. They're always looking for depth. Bill O'Brien likes to run the ball, the new coordinator. They need to take some pressure off Mac Jones, who was a disappointment in his second season after showing so much promise. So, um, I, I, Zeke was good last year, close to the goal line. Who knows uh, how good he's going to be with the Patriots. Hopefully, he'll be good again, but he's nowhere near being the running back. He used to be, and I think Zeke is just 27. Yep. Yeah, 27, 28 years old, so he's not really old. He's just he's got a lot of wear and tear on that body, which is what everybody says about the running backs in the National Football League, and that's why they're See, getting they paid. They do say that, but if you look back, like the day Tomlinson announced today that he's not going to uh, uh, be back on the NFL Network. Yeah. He, it's like he retired after 10 years. I believe when he was 28 or 29, he's rushing for 1,800 yards. Yep. So there are running backs who used to carry the ball a lot, did hit a lot, and still play eight to ten years. And today they're acting like they're 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 gone. Put out the pasture at the end of the first contract. I watched Zach Martin get paid today. Yep. Does Zach Martin a guard? And guards used to be a, an afterthought. You know, it was all about tackles. And you'd make a guard a center, a center a guard, and you never had to pay guards. Is what Zach Martin's going to do for the Cowboys going to be better than what Josh Jacobs could do for the Raiders? Of course not. Josh Jacobs can help control an offense. And a guard, one guard by himself can't do that. Obviously, the Cowboys got better talent. But uh, that's the thing that drives backs crazy that they could so confused about how can you be paying guys, tight ends, guards, centers, safeties, more than we make when we get the ball a lot more and we affect the outcome of the game on offense and defense. Would that be because so many guys, and I say so many, it wasn't really that many, but guys got paid and then they did get injured and then they didn't live up to the performance, and so now they're judging everybody the same? That's a, that's a great point. Ezekiel Elliott got that big contract. He was not the same. I think they paid him like $16 million a year. Christian McCaffrey got it, and he wasn't the same with Carolina, but he was traded last year to the 49ers, and he played great yeah. in an offense with great weapons. But he didn't, he, uh, 
he still got to prove he can stay healthy. And I, I, if I was an L manager, I'd be reluctant to give that big second contract to. But unless you, unless the guy instead of pounding between the tackles, he ran outside, he caught the ball like McCaffrey. John McClain is our guest from Sports Radio 610 here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. C.J. Stroud got his first action with the Texans, didn't play too much, two for four, a lot of overreaction to the one interception he threw. But what do you take? How much stock do you take in preseason games, John? I'll tell you what, Q. When I saw some people after two series with C.J. Stroud saying that uh, it's obvious Davis Mills should be the starter, (laughs) I'm thinking that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I've been doing this now for 48 years telling the NFL. I, one thing I've learned, you can't tell jack squat about a quarterback from two drives in the first preseason game. You say he's going to be a bust. Well, you know what? You're about 50-50 possibility on that. If you'd seen Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota's first uh, quarters, maybe they were bad. And if you said, man, they're going to be bust, you'd have been right, right based on where they were picked, one and two. So Stroud had a backup offensive lineman. They did a terrible job of protection. He made two mistakes, took a 15-yard sack when he said throwing the ball away, locked on a receiver, and his safety intercepted it. But nobody's talking about a play where he's flushed in the pocket, rolled left, threw a bullet for a first down to a receiver on the sideline perfectly when he was going to his left. And you know what, Q? If quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis, if they don't struggle, that's going to impede their development. It can't be like it was at Ohio State and Alabama where you just zip up and down the field. They need to get hit. They need to see pressure. They need to see defenses changing to try to confuse them. They need to see safeties trying to to, – to look one way and get them to throw the way they want because that's how you learn. Right. Remember Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions as a rookie, and people were like, oh, man, that Peyton is <laughs> never going to live up to being the number one pick. But that's the thing, and even even all the preseason, and they may be mediocre the first year, but it doesn't mean they're not going to end up in the Hall of Fame, and it doesn't mean they're gonna, not going to be a bust either. Right, yeah, Peyton Manning worked out pretty well for him. <laughs> I think pretty he, well. <laughs> I think he was okay when it was all said and done. So with the new format now, John, there's not four or five preseason games. There's only three. Do you look at the number two game or the number three game as, as kind of that dress rehearsal? The number two game coming okay. up, I'm guessing coaches are going to play their starters more, give the starters more time off. Now, if it's a young quarterback, I'm playing those guys in both games, you've got to see them. You've got to let them make mistakes. You've got to build up your confidence, but you better protect them, too. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I wanted to ask you about a young quarterback that hasn't had a lot of burn, even though he's been in the league for a few years now. That's the 49ers' Trey Lance. We got to see him up close and personal, and he didn't look too good, but he hasn't played very much so far, as you mentioned. What do you think ultimately happens with him? They have Purdy coming back. He's their starter, but Trey Lance, they gave up so much to go get him. I don't see how Kyle Shanahan, a proven developer of quarterbacks, who is a very, very good offensive coach, and traded dearly to get him, to move up to get him. Brock Purdy has saved him. Now, if Brock Purdy gets hurt for the first game, who's going to play? Lance or Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold, third overall pick. 
played really well as a rookie. Then they start changing coaches, philosophy, terminology, and it it impeded his growth as quarterback. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Sam Darnold gets a chance with the 49ers that he's not really good playing for Kyle Shanahan. And I'm not going to, at this point, you know, Lance has been hurt too much to call him a bust. What he needs to do is play, and if he can't play, then he's going to go down as one of the biggest busts in history. What do you think uh, San Francisco could get if they tried to trade him? I mean, they gave up a lot to get him, as you mentioned. You know, can of tomatoes? I don't know. <laughs> Can't be much. No. They play, he played one game this last year at North Dakota State, and they played that game during the pandemic because they wanted him to showcase his ability to NFL teams. So when he played, he started his first game against the Texans near the end of his rookie year, and he was okay. They won the game. It was he and Davis Mills, another rookie. And if you looked at him, you wouldn't be able to tell which which one was the high pick and which one was the third-round pick because neither one of them played very well. And then, of course, he got hurt last year. But, boy, it, it just shows you even a guy as smart as Kyle Shanahan, as good as Kyle Shanahan, and I'm guessing before Kyle made that deal, he had his dad, Mike Shanahan, watch some tape to see if Mike signed, signed off on it too. and uh, But I don't think they could get anything, maybe a low pick, a seventh-round pick, conditional pick on making the roster. What he needs to do is play a little bit preseason and look good. Have a couple of scoring drives. Let teams see that on tape. Then Purdy plays. Purdy plays really well, and they got Darnold. And then with the trade deadline, somebody that also liked Trey Lance coming out of college might be willing to give them a, a pick somewhere in the middle of the first round. John McClain is I our mean, guest. I'm sorry, somewhere in the middle of the draft, like right. a fourth or fifth round pick. Gotcha, gotcha. Again, John McClain from Sports Radio 610 is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We'll close out with this, John. I want to turn my attention to Major League Baseball and the Astros and the Rangers. It's a hell of a, a, a race right now that they got going on. The AL West, is. are the Astros going to be able to catch the Rangers? I don't think so. And I, I watch every single Astros game. I keep up with the Rangers. I read the box stores. The Rangers lost two of their best starters, and they were better. Third baseman and a catcher. Catcher's back. Max Scherzer has been great. One hit allowed last night. The Astros score 11, 11, 1, and 1. You can't have that kind of output from your hitters. I think the Rangers will win the division. The Astros get a wild card. You want to be the last wild card team because then you play the AL Central, which looks like it's going to be Minnesota. The playoffs start today. The Astros will be playing the Rays, who are much tougher than the Twins. But I, everybody here thinks if the Astros get in, that experience of being in at least the American League Championship Series six years in a row, including four World Series, will be to their benefit where a young team like, say, the Rangers, the Orioles, those collars might get a little tight. But I'll tell you what, the Rangers can hit and pitch. And right now, if I had to pick a team from the American League to go to the World Series, I would say it's the Texas Rangers. Well, I'm telling you what, they're they're really benefiting from uh, Bruce Bochy as their manager now. He's got that winning pedigree. He's just he's been that guy, and he looks like he's continuing to be that you guy. You know, Astros catcher wasn't any good third team, and I'm guessing while he's retired and playing golf and living a good life, everybody needs a manager. Reached out to him, he told them all no, and then for whatever reason, maybe the Rangers paid him more money. But he is a great manager. 
won three World Series with the Giants, and he could win one in his first season with the Rangers. We're hoping here, well, in Texas, that it's the Rangers and the Astros playing for a World Series. That would be that would be awesome. That would be fun to watch. I would definitely be all aboard when it comes to that. Well, John, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for, my man? All my columns are on SportsRadio610.com where there's no paywall, and I've got I've got one up now on uh, Tankdale, who was the star of the Texans' first preseason game. 5'8", 165, third-round pick. The kid made great catches, returned punts. If you're picking, still picking your fantasy league and you're down in those lower rounds, check out Tankdale. I've got one today about Texans having the worst run defense in the league over the last four years and how good it looked against the, uh, against the uh, Patriots. And then I'll start writing about the Astros and Rangers this weekend. There you go. Great stuff. Great fantasy nugget right there from John McClain. John, thanks as always. Appreciate you, my man. Q, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much, and congratulations again. Thank you so much. Again, John McClain, Sports Radio 610, the general, the Hall of Famer. You can catch him out on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Really good stuff right there from John as he always brings it in. Love to starting off talking about running backs, right, and talking about Dalvin Cook signing for, what, $7 million? That could be, like he said, up to $8 million, right? Ezekiel Elliott signing for $3 million, which could be up to $6 million. We know he's not going to get that uh, because those incentives are, are just way too much, and we know Zeke doesn't have what Zeke used to have when he got the big-time contract from the Cowboys, and Dalvin Cook, there's a reason why Minnesota let him go. So maybe Maybe that puts a sense of urgency behind Josh Jacobs to get the camp. We will see, but really good stuff there from John McClain. Speaking of the Raiders and Josh Jacobs and getting to camp, Albert Breer. Albert Breer does a really good job for SI.com, Monday morning quarterback. He was there at Raiders uh, camp, not not during the joint practices, but it was the, the Sunday that they had. Like I want to, I don't want to say lazy day because it sounds bad. It's not a lazy day, but it was that correction day that head coach Josh McDaniels was talking about. Well, when Albert Breer talks about the Raiders, that's directly coming from inside the building. That's coming from Dave Ziegler. That's coming from Coach McDaniels. They're very close to Albert Breer, so I always pay attention. Not saying everything he says is gospel, but I pay attention to what he says because well, there's a lot of truth behind what he's got to say, and it's coming from a place of knowledge, not just speculation. So here was Albert Breer giving uh, his five keys to Raiders training camp, or what really stood out to him when he observed camp. Check it out. All right, we're out here in Vegas. The sun is shining. It is over 100 degrees now. It was in the 90s this morning when the Raiders practiced. We got five takeaways from out there. Takeaway number one, if there's one area that needed to be addressed over the course of this offseason here, it's probably the middle of the defense. And at every level, the Raiders have addressed it. It's safety, Trayvon Merrick, their third-year player out of TCU. Looks like he's ready to take a step forward. He's really benefited from the addition of Marcus Epps, who comes over from Philly um, at safety. Merrick looks like he's playing faster, more confidently, a versatile piece for them on defense. At linebacker, similar dynamic. Rob Spillane comes over from Pittsburgh. He's stabilized the spot, and he's helping a young player in Divine Diablo along. And then at defensive tackle, they have some things to work out, but they do feel like they've got seven or eight players who can really play at this level at that position. Takeaway number two, the corner position is another position that needs to be figured out. They feel good about Marcus Peters at one corner spot. They've got Nate Hobbs and Tyler Hall competing in the slot. They think both those guys can play. Who plays the other corner is going to be the question. And one name to kind of keep an eye on, fourth-round pick, Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. Takeaway number three, the offensive line on the other side of the ball would be the area to watch. It might be the swing factor on how the offense plays this year 
And there are open position battles at both right guard and right tackle. At right guard, you got Alex Bars, Greg Van Roten, and Nitain Moody battling for playing time. And at right tackle is Tremaine Illuminor, Thayer Mumford, and a couple of other guys. Again, how those position battles play out could go a long way in determining where the Raiders are in December and January. Takeaway number four, Jimmy Garoppolo has been up and down, as you've heard, in training camp. But a big part of that is that he hasn't even practiced much going all the way back to December when he injured his foot. And so they're trying to knock the rust off. He's got good chemistry already with Devontae Adams. And they feel like as he gets healthier and they're prioritizing his health now, he'll get more comfortable running an offense that he ran for four years in New England. And behind Garoppolo, Aiden O'Connell has really turned some heads. The hype is real on him. He's really a mature player who's impressed his teammates and coaches with his ability to operate at the line of scrimmage as a rookie. And finally, takeaway number five, a little bit of an injury update. The Raiders do expect Tyree Wilson, their first-round pick, back on the field at some point over the next two weeks. Whether or not he'll play week one, we'll see. But they're encouraged by his progress now, and everybody in the building knows what he can bring to the table physically, and they're very excited about that. Albert Breer right there, SI.com, Monday morning quarterback, just dropping a few gems, little five takeaways from Raiders training camp, and slipped in that little uh, Tyree Wilson update. And I know everyone's feverishly anticipating the, the debut of one Tyree Wilson, and when he's there, he's there. That's all we can really say. We uh, ask Coach McDaniels about him usually once a week just to see if there's an update, and usually there's not too much. But the last time we talked to Coach, he said he was getting closer, and everything keeps going in the right direction. You'll see him out there sooner rather than later, and so you kind of hear the same thing echoed from one Albert Breer. Got a lot of text on the don'tbebroke.com text line that I want to get to at 69187 keyword R&R, talking about the joint practices with the Rams and also the preseason game number two coming up on Saturday. What do you think the Raiders need to get accomplished this week? Like what boxes do they need to check both in practice and in the game? Got a bunch of texts. One that has nothing to do with the Rams or joint practices. This is from the 530Q. I enjoy a little weekly John McClain. It's nice to hear a voice of reason. And, yeah, John McClain is my guy. I've been rocking with John McClain since I was at ESPN Central Texas. And I don't know for what reason, but he's always taken a liking to me. <laughs> right? I mean, there was a point where he pulled me to the side and was like, hey, um, I think that you have a lot of ability. I think you're really good at what you do, but you're not going to do it there. You've got to be able to go somewhere else and do it. I mean, he was just real. He kept it real with me, and I could appreciate that and said, I think that you need to keep doing what you do, do it at a high level, but just know that there's better things out there for you, better places for you, and he's always rocked with me. He's introduced me to a lot of people that I didn't know. Uh, he's always come on my show no matter where I was. If it was ESPN Central Texas, Fox Sports Central Texas, if it's here, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's a guy that could get paid to go on a show each and every week like a lot of people do, and he doesn't. He's always done it for free. Only thing he asks is, hey, just let me advertise what I got coming up. Yep, that's, what's up. that's, that's easy. I do that with every guest that we have anyway, just out of respect and appreciation for their time. So a guy that doesn't need me, he's already a Hall of Famer, wants to be on my show. I, it's, it's such an honor to have him on each and every week, so I'm glad you appreciate John McClain when he joins us as well. Uh, DC, Raider from the Bay, said, I want to see our defense dominate again. We pretty much had a shutout last week if it wasn't for, for Shelly dropping the interception. I also would love to see Aiden O'Connell handle the first three quarters again. At the moment, only thing I see stopping us from winning in the regular season is injuries. That's from uh, DC Raider from the Bay. Uh, also, Sir Whiskey Ray. Ari, spot on with that intro from Ted, the Million Dollar Man, DiBiase. 
Absolutely love it. And classic. And yes, Paul Gutierrez is also money when it comes to Raider news. One of the best in sports. Then he also went on to say, uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Today's topic is a fantastic one. What I want to see from our Raiders heading into Saturday's game is consistency on both offense and especially the defense. Yes, the Niner game was great, but now I want to see it back-to-back weeks of solid football. Last year, we couldn't play a full four quarters of football. This Saturday, I want to see our defense play with fire and energy. Our offense, I want to see smart decision-making from our quarterback play, no matter who it is. Thanks, Q, as always. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And then he said, oh, by the way, the Jewels of Las Vegas is a place where I'll have to visit when I come into town next month. And he had the thumbs-up emoji. So uh, I'm telling you, I already know. Sir Whiskey Ray, man, he's at all these parties. He's got to go to the jewelry spot, man. He's got to go to the Jewels of Las Vegas and get hooked up. Go see my man Mordecai. Give him the secret handshake. No, I'm kidding. There ain't no secret handshake. All you got to do is go in there and say what's up. You can check him out online, uh, thejewelers.com, or you can give him a call at 702-382-1234. Let's see. Let's get one more text in if we can. Uh, Vegas Pete said on the don'tbebroke.com text line, now that all the backs have signed for much less, with no leverage, Jacob should just show up and sign the $10 million tag. And that's really what I started off asking John McClain about because that's kind of what happens, right? When you start to see positions get filled, like the Jets, they have plenty of cap space, but they just signed Dalvin Cook. They just activated Brees Hall off the pup list, so he's coming back sooner rather than later, right? I guess Miami could be a spot. They, they could potentially look for a running back, but – you know, there's just the, the landing spots aren't there as much. And so once all these spots just start to get filled and you start to see the money that they're signing for, and it's not a lot, regardless of who you are at that running back position, they're just not doing it. Again, it's not my rules. It's what they're doing, right? I hate it that, that that's what it is for the running backs right now, and I know Josh Jacobs hate it. He, he deserves every penny he can get, and I know he's going to try to attempt to get it. But unfortunately, it's just the nature of the beast. That's just how it's going down. They're not – they're not paying the running backs what, what I believe the rated running backs have earned and what they deserve. But, again, that's just me. I can't – I don't make the rules. <laughs> We're just talking about the rules. So, there's that. But uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, 325 is the time when we come back. Gage Smith from the mob, the, that slam ball. They are, uh, they are undefeated. They're 16-0. They got the playoffs coming up this week. And he is the league MVP. He'll join us next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You just heard highlights right there. Gage Smith of the mob going up against the buzzsaw. Gage Smith has the first or had the first triple-double of any player in slam ball history. And you heard them say in the highlight, who is this man? Was pleased to say, I'm pleased to announce that he is the slam ball league MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, and he joins us now on the phone lines. And Gage, how was it recording the very first triple-double in slam ball history? Hey, what's up, Q? Thanks for having me on first, man. And, yeah, dude, it was it was unbelievable, man. Like, it's, it's truly a blessing to play this sport, man, and to record the first triple-double, like, oh, man, it couldn't be any better, man. 
Yeah, well, you you are a, a heck of a, an athlete, obviously, a heck of a talent, man, just to be able to help lead your team, the mob, to a 16-0 and regular season record, uh, scoring all the points. You're doing the, the, the stopping as well. To be a stopper, man, that's, that's a special position in itself. What does it take in your mind to be, you know, to, to be a stopper, a special sp- a stopper in, the, in slam ball? Man, it takes a lot of things. Like, coming into the uh, tryouts, I was actually a gunner, and then Coach Kirsch said, hey, man, I think you'd be a pretty good stopper. And I was like, uh, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> but then I ended up uh, – he ended up putting me at the position, and then through tryouts, I started to love it. But I think the biggest components to be a stopper is definitely you got to have that fear factor of heights. Like, you got to learn uh, to fall and, um, like, go up with the, the biggest dudes, the high flyers and stuff like that, and time their bounces. Uh, for sure, you got to learn how to time bounces. Um, you got to be like the quarterback for your offense for transition. So you got to get that ball and go immediately. Um, and yeah, man, it's it's like the quarterback and definitely that fear factor of heights for me. <laughs> what has this whole experience been like for you? Just with this version of slam ball returning and playing in the Cox Pavilion here in Vegas. Man, it's just been truly a blessing in my life. Like I was in uh, Nebraska, man, just trying to find a job after graduation. Uh, just getting my MBA, and then uh, Mason called me up. He was like, hey, man, I think you'd be good at this. I was like, ah, I've never seen it growing up, and uh, I was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. So I went out there, met all the greats, like Stan Fletcher, No Blue, and everything, and they taught me their ways, man. The whole slam ball committee is just amazing. Like, I've never been be- better part of such a great organization. And uh, just, like, when the games ca- started to come on, man, you know, you're on ESPN for the first time, and it's like, this is this is the real deal, brother. So I – I just really wanted to take this opportunity and make the most out of it for myself. And every time I uh, put go on that court, man, I play for my coach, play for my team. Like Coach Kirsch took a chance on me, so I'm just trying to return the favor, if you know what I mean. Talking, yeah, I do. Talking right now with Gage Smith from the Mob, and I'll tell you what, you all play for each other as your team is 16 and 0 in the regular season. And I always love watching your guys' games. Sometimes they're close. Sometimes they've been <laughs> down to the wire. Every team wants to beat you. What does it take yep. to go and run the season and be undefeated like you are? Man, since just being a mob, uh, you're going to have a target in their back. So the very beginning of the season, Coach Kirch is like, "Hey, everybody wants to beat your ass, man. You guys just got to come out prepared. So nothing's changed." And, uh man, 16-0, and 0, man, it's just crazy. Like, every time we go to the game, I tell my guys, I'm just like, hey, man, we could do something really special here, and this sport's going to take off, so we need to make our mark in history, bro. Like, every game we play, we're, we're winning this thing. Like, we're doing it for each other. We're doing it for each, each other's family, and you can see it on the court. We're, we're willing to um, buy our bodies on the line, man, to make the play, and it's just shown that we're – that's why we're 16-0, and 0, man. We do it for each other. Yeah, you really do. And, you know, the one thing I could appreciate about Slam Ball being at the Cox Pavilion is the crowd is so into it. It's so much fun to mm-hmm. be courtside. How much energy does the, do the fans give you when you hear them get loud and, you know, they're in the trenches, they're banging on the glass? How does that feel? <laughs> Dude, it is something I've never experienced in my life. Like, you know, hockey games when, like, there's the glass and everything like that. and Like, you're playing hockey, but just imagine that with basketball, man. It's just the most electrifying moment you could ever experience in your life. And it just hypes me up, gives me a crazy adrenaline. And, man, I just I just want to show out for the fans and the, the mob family, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been showing out. You know, again, there's a reason why you're the league MVP, defensive player of the year. You've been showing out in a major way. So 16-0, you guys are in the playoffs. Uh, you're going up against Lava. Uh, well, yeah, mm-hmm. you're, going up, you're going up against the winner of Lava and Wrath. Excuse me. Uh, that's right. going on tonight. Uh, what, what does right. it take to keep this party rolling, my man? 
man, just keep playing for each other and just know our opponents. Like the Wrath and the Lava are great teams. Like the Lava have been coming back from a slow start from the season, but we truly believe they're one of the best teams. Then the Wrath. They got Ty McGee, my boy from Colorado, so they mm-hmm. they got a good squad too. Um, even though their um, their stopper went down, but they got a great stopper and he's learning and everything. So we, we're never going to underestimate our opponent. We're going to go in there with the mom mentality of we're going to beat you every time, and we don't care um, if the lava were close to us the last game. It's going to be a different game. We we've been studying their film. We've been preparing better than most teams have, I believe, and we're just ready to come out and execute. What is the key to basically rest and recovery? I mean, you, your guys' bodies, you, it's a very physical <laughs> sport for those that don't know. It's very physical. So how do you recover after a, a couple games that you play in a day? <laughs> Man, I think it's just proper supplementation. Like, I'm big on nutrition and um, getting good source, uh, like, protein in your system and um, good vegetables and everything. So I think it's nutrition. But, like, yeah, it does take a toll on your body for sure. But we got an amazing athletic training team that uh, takes care of us and slam ball helps us out. And we got a hot tub in the backyard, so and some Epsom salt like always does the trick. But yeah, man, it's <laughs> it's crazy toll on your body. Like you're getting hit like you're in football, but you have a game like two days later. So it's it's crazy recovery time. And I'm I'm one of the youngest in the league, so that's probably helped too. So. <laughs> Well, you're playing a position, again, as a stopper, man. I mean, you're the last line of defense, but then you're also going down the other way and you're scoring. So since you've done so well with face-offs, do you have a little bit, I don't want to say advantage, but does it help you being a stopper because you kind of know what it takes to try to stop somebody, uh-huh. uh, you know, at the at the rim? But you've been successful on face-offs. Oh, 100%, man. Yeah, I think stopping has allowed me to time other people's bounces. So when I do that face-off, I just read them from the side and be like, oh, I'm going to go quick here once they take that high bounce, or I'm going to go high if they like beat me to the line. So I'm just able to read from the side, and I feel like um, it's hard to stop me because I, I know when you're going to bounce and everything, and I can get higher or quicker than you. That's awesome. I'm telling you, man, it is so much fun to watch and just, (laughs) you know, see the the kids that are out there having a good time. You mentioned ESPN earlier. How big has that been so you guys could be seen on television nationally, not only the people that are there watching in the Cox Pavilion, but like I said, you get that national look as well. Man, it's it's just an amazing opportunity. Like ESPN is the real deal, bro, and I'm just grateful for this crazy experience i've had this summer man and being on espn has just allowed me to take the most of this opportunity and try to go somewhere with uh with my life man that i've always hoped and dreamed for so i'm just thankful for espn thankful for slam ball man i truly believe i just gotta say like if you follow follow god and you just like he's got me then he's gonna take care of the rest if you follow in his footsteps he's gonna be the rest so i think that's really what's happening right now man Um, i just want to say thanks to those three those three big guys <laughs> yeah no for sure I think that that's a great message I mean I really do because mm-hmm. again I mean you're just you're just kind of you know following following what you do right and, and loving what right. you do and you can tell how much fun you have out there and your team has and <laughs> it's intense yeah. right I mean there's a fine line between intensity you know it's really some some physicality uh some finesse right. I mean it's like a little bit of everything goes into being a great slam ball player Oh, 100%, man. I think the best land ball players are the ones that grew up playing every sport and they just excelled in every sport. And It's just so cool that Mason found this sport where you can include every component in, um, that every um, famous sport from football, basketball, hockey in one and take everything from those sports and apply it like the best techniques to this sport. It's just it's just pretty cool like to learn this game and the systematic way to go around it. And yeah, it's 
it's pretty cool. So. Yeah, it is. It really is. Well, you guys are 16-0, my man. Uh, go ahead mm-hmm. and finish things off strong. Go ahead and win that championship. You guys win that championship, mm-hmm. man. What would it mean to you to be the Slam Ball champions? Man, it would mean everything, bro. Like, I want to do it for my coach and my team for sure. Like, MVP is all cool, man, but I want that ring. Like, Noah Blue, he showed me his ring. I'm like, I'm getting one of those at the end of the season, so I'm coming for it, man. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you're really close, man. 16-0, and 0, playoffs are going mm-hmm. on. We've, Of course, we got tickets. We've been hooking up tickets. I'll be out there checking it out. Good luck, my man. Congratulations <laughs> cool. on the MVP and defensive player, but keep up the great work and go win that championship. Hey, appreciate you. Great talking to you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gage Smith right there. He is the league MVP. That's what we have on this show. We have MVPs. We have defensive players of the year. Gage Smith, Slam Ball, The Mob. You want tickets? Of course, playoff tickets are going on right now. $15 for general admin. Where do you, where do you go in Vegas for 15 bucks? Right? <laughs> Ari just looked at me like, you can't even park for 15 bucks, brother. <laughs> I feel, can you get to a movie or is that, does that got to be like an extra special I don't know. day? I don't go to, I don't go to too many movies. I don't, I haven't, I haven't, gone, to, I haven't gone to a movie that costs 15 bucks in years. That's I, I why. think when I was a new booty, when I was little, man, when I was just trying to get to the movie theater as a, as a youngster, I was still trying to get to the movie that I wasn't even allowed to see. They're like, ah, no, you can't see that one. You got to go see that cartoon. I, I think that might've been 15 bucks. I know ticket to go see Slam Ball. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. But, yeah, $15, UNLVtickets.com. Uh, everything gets going. Uh, you can see some great playoff action starting this evening, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific time, ESPN2. Thursday, August 17th, 8 p.m. Pacific time, ESPN. Playoff tickets are on sale now. You want to see some really good teams, and everybody plays the mob really close because, well, they're the best team in the league, 16-0. and 0. You want to go check them out. You should check them out. Go over to the Cox Pavilion, man. It's a really fun time. Uh, I was over there hanging out, and it's funny. We had one section that, that all the media hung out in, and uh, then there was a VIP section across the, across the court. And uh, when Lil' Q was here, he was like, hey, Dad, I think we should be over there. And I said, hey, son, I like how you think. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> We need to be in the VIP section. So we went over there and hung out, and that's where we got to meet a lot of the different Slam Ball uh, participants, their families, and uh, just, it's, it's like I said, man, a really good time. That's when I ran into Coach Ken Carter, uh, and then we had that good conversation. He was a guest on the show as well. So, again, check out the tickets, man, UNLVtickets.com. You can go over to the Cox Pavilion and get it. They've got playoff games going on tonight. They've got playoff games going on on Thursday, and you definitely want to be a part of it. If you have not seen it, do yourself a favor. If you're not going to go, that's okay. Just turn on ESPN. Turn on ESPN tonight, ESPN2, and and just check it out, and you'll understand why it's so entertaining. But I'll tell you what, it's even more entertaining if you're there in person. Speaking of person, how about we hook somebody up right now? We're going to – it's a load of summer fun. It's the last week. We're going to get you qualified right now to win four tickets to the Aviators game, which will obviously give you a shot. It'll get you one step closer to the weekly grand prize. Again, this is the last week for the Lotus Summer of Fun. This time it's a five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami, including airfare to Miami, or you can simply take the cash, $3,000 cold, hard cash. Take the trip, take the cash. Of course, we got to give a big shout-out to Ghetto Air Conditioning and Plumbing, G-O-E-T-T-L. We'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Again, G-O-E-T-T-L, Ghetto Air Conditioning and Plumbing. Call number 9 at 702-365-9200 is what we're looking for. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Shout out to Tom. He got registered 
for the four tickets to the Aviators game. Slow the summer of fun. The destination that he's hoping to win. Ultimately, the grand prize, the five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami, including airfare to Miami. Take the trip, take the cash. You could take $3,000 cold, hard cash. But Tom is one step closer, so we definitely appreciate you, Tom. We got more winning on the way before the show gets wrapped up. Uh, we still have Jake Ellenbogen. Uh, he covers the Rams for CEO of Downtown Rams and then Believe in the Rams podcast as well. Uh, he's going to talk to us about all things L.A. Rams and what maybe to expect from the next couple days of joint practices with the Raiders and then the game coming up on Saturday. But I throw the question out there to you talking about the Rams what would you like to see the Raiders accomplish this week in joint practices and the game? What boxes would you like to see them check? Glenn in San Jose said, what up, Q? For the game on Saturday, I want to see if the running game could get going a bit more since it's not a given that we'll have Josh in time for week one. That's Glenn in San Jose. And, uh, yeah, you know, the thing about the run game, and I've seen a lot of people complaining about Zamir White not breaking tackles. You know, the vision wasn't quite there. And, look, this is the first opportunity that he's really getting – you know, this year to 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 run with the ones, and that wasn't even the ones on, on Sunday. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how he continues to develop. I don't believe that he's going to be the starting running back week one. I believe that will be Josh Jacobs, but I do anticipate a really good one-two punch. That's that's the thing that I think is that that'll be a nice one-two punch between Jacobs and Zamir White. And so he's just going to have to continue to learn, right? I mean, he basically it wasn't a redshirt year completely last year, but it was pretty close to it. He had a handful of snaps because Josh wouldn't come off the field. And traditionally, Josh McDaniels, the head coach, doesn't use the running back, his rookie running backs a lot in year one. So he's got to continue to improve. And that's a good thing, Glenn, to, to work on this upcoming week is just vision, uh, breaking some tackles. I'd like to see a couple times I thought that, uh, you know, he was going to pick up a first down or he was going to even get in the end zone a little bit easier. And he didn't really run through the player like I thought, finish off the run really strong like you see Josh Jacobs try to run guys over. I think that's the next step for Zamir White is just see that guy, know that he's there. Okay, I can't beat him with my quickness. I'm just going to run through him. Like Marshawn used to say, I'm going to run through a blank, blank face. <laughs> right? That's what he's got. That's the mentality. I'm going to run through a blank, blank face. I mean, that's what it's got to be. And I would like to say what he would say, but we can't do that. Not around here. Ari would not be too happy if I did that. So <laughs> we're not going to do that, Ari. I won't put that scare in you. I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> Uh, got this one from uh, Ty in Missouri. I'm with you, Q. For the most part, I just want to see consistency from all phases, but I'd like to hear that the O-line is really gelling and looking good, maybe even surprising people with how well they're performing. That would be good to hear. Thanks, Q. That's Ty in Missouri. And I'm glad you brought up the offensive line because that, that right side is what I really am focused in on. Right When you look at Jermaine Illuminor, when you look at Thayer Munford, I think Thayer Munford is probably the guy, and this is just my gut feeling. I haven't heard this from anybody, but I think Thayer Munford is the guy that they probably want to win that job but he's got to earn that job. He's, they're not just going to give it to him. But if you just look at Thayer's size, the dude is a monster, right? I mean, he ain't Trent Brown monster, but he's big. He's a big dude. So, you know, I think that that's what they want. Have him as a bookend across from Colton Miller. I think ideally that would be what the Raiders want. But I don't know if he's ready to take that next step. We saw him come in in the jumbo package on Sunday, that sixth offensive lineman again, that eligible, the tight end basically, but they're not throwing him the rock. Now, Donald Penn, he said, hey, man, I, I used to catch the ball. I was the big man touchdown. He had that with Tampa Bay, had one with the Raiders. The big man touchdown, he was good at that. He actually uh, played a little tight end position at one point in his career, uh, you know, just so he can get onto the field. So, uh, you know, I don't think Thayer is going to be the guy they're going to throw the ball to, but he's just really got to 
try to you know buckle down and, and earn that job if if that's in fact what he wants. He's got to go get it though, because uh, I do think that with his size, that's what they want as well. McClendon Curtis, that's a big dude too at the guard position. Dalton Wagner, I was looking at some cutups of him earlier. He's another undrafted free agent. Both McClendon Curtis, who I, one day I just could not help myself but call him Curtis McClendon, just because that's how you think that it should go. Oh, it's Curtis McClendon. No, it's not. It's McClendon Curtis, you big dummy. I think I went a whole show and called him Curtis McClendon. It was like, who the hell are you talking about, Q? I was my bad. <laughs> my bad. My fault. But uh, him and Dalton Wagner, man, two guys that have some good size on them. But McClendon is a big, a big fella, too. I mean, really, he's got some big size. So if you were to put Mumford there, you put McClendon there, you have Colton Miller over there. You know, pa- Parham obviously is not the biggest dude, uh, but he's, he's, he's got the ability to get it done. Andre James at the center position has the ability to get it done. They're, they can all of a sudden have some real deal size and, on that offensive line. But, again, those positions are never going to be handed out. They've got to be earned. So I want to see how that, that battle continues to go But on, on the right side of the Raiders' offensive line. Uh, let's see. We got one from Raider Chavez in the 916 at Sacramento, California. I just want to see the team continue to get better. I like what I'm seeing so far. And I don't want to see the progress fall apart this week against the Rams. Consistency is the key. That's spot on. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Got to have that. What I was looking for, that was the first C word that I had, consistency. That was at the top of the list. Consistency, attention to detail, no fights needed during joint practice. None of that. I want to see this team get work in. I don't want them to be distracted by a bunch of foolishness. Jimmy G, I want him to continue to work on that relationship with his weapons, like Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, Trey Tucker, whoever's out there at his disposal. want to see him to continue to build that, build that, and build it some more. Aiden O'Connell, he got very little reps in joint practice with the 49ers. I want to see or hear, because I'm not there in L.A., I want to hear about him getting a ton of reps. I want him to get a lot of those, those Brian Hoyer snaps. Uh, that's what I want to see because I want to see him do it in joint practice. I don't want to hear about, well, you know, uh, it was all a bunch of backups in there. Yeah, he looked good on Sunday, but it was a bunch of backups. 49ers weren't trying. Raiders were trying too hard. No, go out there in joint practice and do it then, right? And not that I'm saying that he can't. I just, I just want to see it so people stop talking about it, <laughs> right? I want to see him continue to grow. I, I, mean, I, I feel like based off one game, and it's hard, to, it's hard to just judge everything off one preseason game, I feel like he's got a little something-something. But I'd just like to see a little bit more. And then the defense just has to continue to make plays. The linebackers and secondary, you know that's what I'm paying attention to. I want to see those guys come up with plays. I want to see know them know where they're supposed to be. The communication, be there. Have the linebackers communicating with the secondary. Have the secondary communicating with each other. Right, The corners with the safeties and so on and so forth. That's the kind of stuff. That I'll be uh, that I'll be looking for, or and, and and listening for, right? And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Vinny Bonsignor will join us each and every day, starting tomorrow around two thirty, to give us the latest and greatest update when it comes to Raiders and Rams joint practices. He's out in L.A. You knew there wasn't a chance that Vinny got to L.A. and wasn't going to go to L.A. Right? Vinny loves him some L.A. He's like uh, you know Magic Johnson back in the day with the Lakers. I love L.A. Marcus Allen, I love L.A., right? All the cats, that's Vinny Bonsignor. He loves him some L.A., so I guarantee that as soon as he knew that there was a chance he was going to L.A., he was on the first thing smoking. He got there before the Raiders got there. <laughs> Not really, but I can see that. Jake Ellenbogen, <laughs> CEO of Downtown Rams, also Believe in the Rams podcast, joins us next here on Radio Nation Radio 920.